You're listening to the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. This podcast is a part of Overtime Heroics. Join the forums for free at OvertimeHeroics.com. And the Rise Up Podcast Community, bit.ly slash community. London, Madrid, Bangkok, Moscow, Cincinnati, and Dayton. From the four corners of the world, from the sports capitals at home and abroad, the day's headlines brought into focus, the issues and events that shape our time, the gem on the Queen's crown, information beacon on the Ohio Valley presents Lee W. Mowen and the sports. We have up-to-the-minute commentary from one of sports' most trusted voices. Five-time winner of some award I just thought up. Now, here's Lee W. Mowen and the sports. It's episode 104 of the Local Sunday Sports Podcast. Thank you for joining me again as we talk local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. A funny story, well, depending on what your definition of funny is, I guess. I had 104 recorded. I used my very cheap headset to record it, got all the buzzing out. It didn't sound as great as, you know, my blue snowball does. That's a microphone. That's not a euphemism or anything. And I had it ready to go. Everything was updated. The tags, it was saved. And I just never uploaded it. Never got time to that day. And then I just thought about it. I was like, no, I don't like the way it turned out. So I scrapped the original 104. And this is the public release of 104. I might keep the old one around just as a bonus. I don't know. I might get rid of it and pretend it never happened. You'll never know until I talk about it on social media. A couple new things. There was a new closing that I made. I got bored of the old one, so I made a new one. And I really like it. You'll hear it at the end of this episode. There is also a new theme for Mowen's Mailbag. Hopefully I get a lot of questions so I can play it lots and lots of times. So there's that to look forward to. There is also a new merchandising ad that I made, and it will be on this podcast about you know, halfway through. I normally try to split up you know, podcast episodes into two halves, so you know, you get a little break from me. Although you don't, but never mind. I'd like to thank Chad Hollingsworth for creating the logo. It's been in use since episode 14. 90 episodes of that logo. I love it. And I really do appreciate him making it for me. In fact, I mentioned there was a new merchandising ad. Well, at least I hope I did in this take. But yeah, Tee Public, And you can buy shirts, stickers, notebooks. You can buy a whole lot of stuff. And I'll play it a little bit later on during the break. 
I do, however, want to get to Malin's mailbag, so let's dig into the bag and see what the mailman has brought. It's time for Malin's mailbag, the segment where you can ask questions and interact with the podcast. Send in your future questions on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown or at the Lee W. Mowen or on Facebook at the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast page. Theme music is provided by Music Radio Creative at musicradiocreative.com. Now this is the part where I can make a hilarious voice, but not this week. Maybe in future weeks. Now, these questions came in about a week ago, and they came in right as I was done recording episode 103. So I do apologize for getting to them late, but I do appreciate each and every question that people send me. Again, if you'd like to send in questions, find me on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen or Gem on Queen Crown. I look at both, and just tweet me something. Tweet me a question, and if it's appropriate, meaning that you don't say, you suck and your podcast sucks. You know, that type of thing. Well, that's not a question, but y- you get why I'm going with this. Ask me a question, and I'll do my best to answer it. That's really about all I got from Alan's mailbag. The first question is from David Miller. Will the Dayton area ever have a hockey team again? And I'm going to rip off Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will, in quotes, hopefully, in quotes, Come. My big thing saying hopefully is you need a rink. The sheets of ice around here, as much as I love them and visiting them each and every hockey season, my big thing is just if you're looking to draw lots of bodies, there's not a lot of seats in any of the locations. So you're going to have to build something to those aspects meaning you need to draw in a lot of people. I'd say uh, ECHL, I forget what their minimum requirement is. I want to say it's is it 10,000 or up? It, it's pretty high. I mean, nowadays if Hair Arena was still open, it would be too small in the ECHL eyes. Back in 1991, it wasn't, but there you go. Actually, back then it might have been a little smaller, but you get where I'm going with this. But at the same time, how do you know you're going to draw that many people? And how do you know, hey, that's a good investment. But what about the teams coming in? I had a really nice chat with Matt Morris, who is a good friend of mine and also member of the Gem City Squadron and local soccer fan. We were talking right after the last Dutch Lions home match. Just about hockey. I mean, i love to see the ECHL back. Dayton-Cincinnati rivalry? Put me on board. I'd love to see that again, but... You know? You have to pay a certain amount to actually get an ECHL franchise. And then, you know, your running costs, you know, your salaries, you know, for players and workers alike. It's a pretty penny. It's not a cheap... It's not a cheap... Uh, enterprise. I was going to say entrepreneurship, which, eh, moving on. What I really think Dayton could do is go back in single A and follow me on this. Look at the Southern Professional Hockey League. 
Yes, the SPHL is heavily situated in the South. That's why it's Southern. But in recent years, they've been making the push upward in the Midwest. You got Quad Cities, formerly in the ECHL. They're now the Quad City Storm. Is it Quad City Storm or Quad City Storm? Some franchises in Quad Cities have Quad Cities, the River Bandits, the single-A affiliate of the Houston Astros, or some just go by Quad City. There is a indoor football team called the Steamrollers that was Quad City. When the Mallards go by, was that Quad City or Quad Cities? I'm getting way ass located. You have Evansville. That's not too far from here. They're formerly of an ECHL team in the Evansville Icemen, now in Jacksonville, Florida. And you also have Peoria, Illinois. Peoria and Dayton in the ECHL days. That was a butte as well. SPHL, I mean, yes, you still have to go south, and your closest team south would be Knoxville? Or would be Fayetteville? You get where I'm going with this. You have to pass Kentucky to get to some of your rivals. But at the same time, it's not as expensive. The quality of play is pretty good. And, you know, you do have SBHL players jumping up to ECHL. And I think there is one that has made the SBHL, the NHL jump. And I think that's Scott Darling. I think he's a free agent now. He got waived, traded, he got something, but there you go. I think if Dayton wants to kick back up, start slow, get people back on board, advertise, 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 and become part of the local media, become part of the local scene, make it where you want to stay in Dayton, Ohio, make Dayton, Ohio your home, and then, you know, get on board with youth hockey. No, grow the youth hockey program. Because it's pretty good in Dayton, Ohio. They've won a couple banners, a couple trophies. Their high school varsity team, outstanding. You have a beautiful potential to do such a thing. But it's going to take the right person with the right amount of money and the right location. I love to see it in downtown Dayton too, but space is running low at Tech Town. And downtown, I mean, Where? I still think Roberts would be a nice place. Put in maybe a 4,000-seater. It's right off the highway. If you build it, you know, well enough, you're going to see it. You're like, hey, that looks neat. I'll stop there for a hockey game if you advertise it right. Advertising and marketing are going to be the big things to get hockey back, along with a new rink and a new owner that wants to be part of Dayton. Will it happen? David, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. And then there was a reply from my good friend and also the first official scorer in Dayton Dragons history, Matt Lindsay. And he replies, So since he has a hockey team, I take it from the title of the podcast that the whole region is thought of as one sports market. No? That's not what I try to do on this podcast. I try to treat both Cincinnati and Dayton as individual sports markets. I mean, yes, it's becoming one big metro area, and I think it's supposed to happen eventually. I mean, for goodness sake, back in the day, Cincinnati and Dayton was 513. Then Dayton split off, became 937 in 1996. And now they have another area code coming just because they're running out of numbers. And I, I don't know if I find that hilarious or shocking. 
but there you go. So, if it seems like I treat Cincinnati and Dayton as one market, I do apologize because both cities are great. And I love being from Dayton and having Cincinnati in my backyard. And I love supporting Southwest Ohio sports. I was going to say Southern Ohio sports, which that's a big span, but you get why I'm going with this. So, again, just to clarify, Cincinnati and Dayton, they're not one sports market, but on this podcast, I cover both. So, there we go. need to get Matt Lindsay on the podcast one day. I need to have an official scores podcast episode. That'd be pretty cool. And the second question is the other half of Kinner and Schlemmer on 1410 ESPN Radio in Dayton. Justin Kinner, his first question to the mailbag. Hi, Justin. If you can only work, broadcast or PA, games for one sport, which sport would it be? On the original recording of 104, I think I took about six minutes to finally say, for broadcasting, hockey, but I don't want to limit myself to one sport. PA, I don't think I ever decided. <laughs> My thing is, when I was attending Wright State and becoming you know closer to getting my degree i was told don't stick to one sport and i never did at the college radio station i covered almost everything we had at right state i mean football basketball soccer volleyball hockey baseball we couldn't do softball because at the time there was no power to the press box so that stunk but what can you do i mean i still don't have an answer for justin's question I don't want to limit myself. Give me a job. That's all I care about. Which, by the way, uh, before we move on with 104, I want to thank Shane Reed for making me a fantastic banner. It's now my cover photo on Facebook. And it's he made it after he saw the one I made, which I thought mine was okay, but Shane's is nice. And it's about me getting jobs for the fall. I mean, this fall I have Dayton Flyers men's soccer. I got Wright State soccer, I believe. And I'll probably fill in for Wright State volleyball here and there. But I want to get back in the Friday night football scene. I want to be part of a radio station. I want to be part of Dayton Media. I often question what people's thoughts are of me, and I know that's a bad trait, and I don't recommend having said trait, but I always wonder, like, do local media really know about me? And if they do, what are their thoughts on me? Do they see me as a giant goober that talks sports? Do they see me as a giant goober? You get what I'm saying, but I do want to thank Shane for making it. I love it, and it's my cover photo on Facebook. So, actually, I haven't shared it on Twitter yet. What's wrong with me? But I'll be sure to share it on Twitter eventually. So, thank you to David and Justin for the questions. And I'm sorry it took so long to get back and actually answer the questions. Again, if you'd like to ask any questions, please make them relevant to Cincinnati or Dayton, Ohio, if you can. Because that's, you know, my that's my specialty. But feel free to tweet me at the Lee W. Mallon or Gem on Queen Crown. You can ask me stuff. If you have me on Facebook, message me a question, write me a question. 
If you have my phone number, which I'm not giving out on here, so forget it, uh, you can text me that. Yeah, there, if you can reach me on social media, you can ask a question. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a firearm. By the way, a solemn rest in peace goes out to Rip Torn. He passed away earlier this week. I didn't think I'd actually get that reference in there, but there you go. So, we will step aside. We'll play that new merchandise ad. We'll thank the networks that this podcast is a part of. And we'll come back and get into the meat and potatoes. And that would be Dayton Sports Radio. And only having one live show throughout the Miami Valley. Stay with us, folks. This is episode 104 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters, dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content. Just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with the fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up Podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash community and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash community and at rupodcommunity on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. Hey listeners, did you know that you can buy gear supporting the local Sunday Sports Podcast? Visit the leewmallon.com slash podcast, then click on Buy Podcast Merchandise, made by T Public. You can get shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, and even stickers. Check out the local Sunday Sports gear by T Public. What's going on, guys? Grant Pushkar here, joined by my co-director, Victor Williams. Are you looking to bring more attention to your sports content? Over at Overtime Heroics, you can be a part of a growing sports community such as podcasts like my own, Cleveland Surge, and my own Philly Special Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to share your sports opinions, they also have an active forum for all sports topics. So if you want your sports content to be heard amongst other sports fans, go over to Overtime Heroics forward slash forums and make your first hot take today. Hi, everybody. I hope you enjoy the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Did you know you can get paid just for listening to this podcast? I just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn PodCoin while you listen on the app. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards for Amazon, Starbucks, and more locations. Or you can even take the PodCoin and donate it to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. Here's what you do. You download the app right now for free in the App Store or on Google Play and simply use my code CINCYSPORT with two eyes, and you'll get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. So go ahead, listen to this podcast or any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code CINCYSPORT with two eyes. It's changing the way people listen to podcasts. PodCoin. You know, I really need a better break intro or like a break outro like welcome back to the show or something like that oh well 
I'll work on it later. Anyway, welcome back to 104. Now, you might remember from earlier that I mentioned that when I first did 104, I never uploaded. And it's still on my computer. Well, the big thing is, I didn't like the way it turned out. I mean, I thought about it. uh, I didn't upload it because when I was at my folks' house, they didn't have internet. The internet was down, so I couldn't. As I thought about it, I just started questioning, is it too harsh? Is it, is it up to my standards? And then I decided, no, it really isn't. So I decided to remake episode 104. And now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Where is the local sports in the local media market? Now, I just want to reiterate. I don't know why I'm reiterating, because it's on the old 104 that I'm not uploading. I'm not here to bash people. I'm not here to say, oh, I could do a better job than that. I'm definitely not here to say, even though I just did twice. My big thing is, why is there only one local sports talk show in Dayton? Yes, I know that Dayton has... Two sports teams, not counting high schools. Two sports teams, Dragons and Dutch Lions. Cincinnati's got more of a variety, and they now have three teams, does Cincinnati, in the top level in their sport. MLB for the Reds. You got FC Cincinnati and MLS and Bengals and NFL. I mean, are they at the top? I wish. That'd be nice. That'd probably make every podcast episode seem like I'm just talking Cincinnati. My big thing is Dayton, Ohio has such a great sports history. Just a great history in general. So does Cincinnati, but we're sticking with Dayton for this point because Cincinnati does have a nice assortment of sports talk shows. I do listen to them on the drive home or on the drive to work. But I'm not into that. What I'm talking about today is why can't Dayton have the same? You know I talk about Kinder and Schlemmer all the time. And Mark Schlemmer was a common guest on this podcast. And I admire them both. And they do a nice job. However, once the topic swings over to Ohio State, that's when the radio goes off. And I'm not a Buckeye fan. Nor am I telling you, you can't be a Buckeye fan if you want to listen to this podcast. No. Let me tell you, trying to get listeners here, it's it's pretty tough. So, this podcast is never trying to deter you from rooting for the teams you like. It's just trying to say, hey, there's teams in Cincinnati and Dayton that you should like, so like them already. Or something like that. And also because of the fact that most of the schools I talk about might get a little coverage, but that's it. Although college basketball, I was kind of disappointed in myself because whenever I did talk college basketball, it always seemed like I was sticking with the six Division One schools in the area. I mean, that's that's you know, that's the biggest college basketball schools we have in Southwest Ohio and in Northern Kentucky. But I lost sight of I was supposed to be talking about everyone. But then again. You know, I, I wanted to keep the episodes short. Normally, I try to stick with an hour. But hopefully, next college basketball season, 
I will do better. But my big thing is, if you look at the sports we have now, we got two teams. One is a single-A affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds, that's the Dayton Dragons, and Dayton Dutch Lions, which used to be pro, but now they're in the USL League 2, which is more of a developmental league. You take college soccer kids and mold them and get them better. And Dayton, you also got, like I mentioned, six great universities that field sports. You got several great non-Division 1 schools around here that field sports. You have a nice plethora of schools. You got a nice plethora around in Dayton, Ohio. I mean, if you look at St. Clair Community College, some of their programs are outstanding. Baseball. Ooh. That baseball team's become a pipeline. I mean, you see the sophomores move on. I think this year they're transferring seven sophomores out. I've almost said seniors, but, you know, you don't become a senior at a community college. They are transferring out to Division One school, and I think there are six that are transferring to other campuses, which is neat. That's great. That's 13 kids moving on and playing the sport they love at, you know, the higher level. And I, I mentioned this previous, but Steve Dinneman does a wonderful job with SCC. My big thing has always been I want to share my love of Cincinnati Dayton sports with you, the listener. That's what this has been about. And also, I try to use this as a vehicle for people to say, hey, this guy can talk sports for a long length of time. Let's give him a job. That hasn't happened yet, but, you know, I still roll along with this podcast. My big thing is, where's the sports coverage gone? I mean, I talk about a lot in the official scores room with the people I work, the friends that I work with. And, I mean, there's great weather coverage out there, but sports have been really slimmed down. 2245, I think the entire sports department's gone. At least I think. I know the main guy got axed, but I'm not entirely sure on that. I know he's no longer there, but there we go. I mean, Mike Hartsock, Channel 7, he's been there since the 80s. He's been there a while. And Jack Pohl, he's been at WDTN, which is Dayton's now NBC affiliate. I say now like it just recently happened. No, it, they switched. When did they switch? It, it's been a decade, but there you go. I mean, he's been there since Omar Williams' days, and that's one of the classic sports anchors that DTN had. I always liked listening to Omar Williams when I was a kid. Wasn't a sports fan. Wasn't understanding most of the highlights, but I enjoyed it. I always look forward to it, actually. So, what what is happening with local sports coverage? I, in the old 104, I go on to talk about why that's such a shame. And then, yesterday, I had this idea. Why don't I talk about the people that do a nice job around here talking local sports. I mentioned Kidder and Schlummer. I mentioned Hartstock. I mentioned Paul. Hutch Connerman's also a WDTN as well. Joined there 2003. I got to interview Hutch and Jack. I'm trying to remember what episode that was. 55? 
It's it's labeled as an interview, so if you want to go back and listen to it, I really enjoyed that interview. They do outstanding work. And with high school football on the way, they're going to work even harder because of the fact that you got the Operation Football scoreboard show on Channel 2, and then on Channel 7, it's Touchdown 7. One of my favorite things during high school football season, why I went to school, is the Touchdown 7 chopper actually land on the field and deliver the game ball. Actually, it wasn't the game ball. It was a it was kind of one of those footballs you put in the trophy case. It's like, hey, Channel 7 landed here. They haven't done that for over 10 years, and that's a shame. But it's always something that um, I always look forward to. It happened at least once when I went to school, and I'm trying to remember which game that was. Was it Valley View versus Cincinnati Jacobs? Jacobs now being closed. Or was it Fairborn, where the Skyhawks really, really did a nice job in that game and beat us by, like, 41 to 13 or something like that? But then we exchanged a favor next year at Fairborn, so there you go. Anyway, like I said, if you look at local sports, those are some of the names. And there are a ton of broadcasters around here that do a nice job. I mean... Larry Hanskin's been with UD for, I actually don't know the year, but a very long time. And his color commentator is Bucky Buckhorn, former Cincinnati Royal, when Cincinnati or Alex there. It always says Arlen, like, who's Arlen? It's like, oh yeah, that's Bucky. <laughs> they do a nice job uh, covering UD men's basketball. And whenever I can, I listen to it on 1290. On the other side for Wright State, you got one of the first assistant coaches that Wright State hired for men's basketball, Jim Brown. He's got a lot of local knowledge. And a few years ago, became the color commentator with Chris Collins, who's been there since 1996. Yeah, 96-97 season. They do an outstanding job. And then there's me. I like to think that I cover local sports well on this podcast and on Twitter. Facebook, I try not to post a lot just because of the fact that, you know, it's Facebook. That's Twitter. That's probably a terrible excuse, but there you go. My point is, there are so many great people that I got to interview through this podcast. And hopefully, I get to interview more as this podcast rolls along. The one thing that I feel people forget is just look at the people that actually do cover the local sports. They do a nice job. And this is an episode that thanks them all for their hard work. In fact, there's a new there's a new high school sports coverage going on. I think I said a new high school sports coverage. There's a new company covering high school sports. There we go. It's by Rick Cassano, who has been with Cox Media and the newspapers for at least 30-some years. I'm going to pull it up on Twitter messages. It's the Southwest Ohio Sports Daily, and they have been releasing their high school football broadcasting schedule, which you can listen to it over the internet. That's another thing, too. With the internet's boom, you get a lot more coverage, if you will. Because with stations, you know, they pick 
one game. They normally don't have the staff to go to many games, but you get more options. You get more games to listen to. And I think that's what I dig about the internet becoming such a big, powerful weapon to bring sports. I don't know why I said weapon, but it's a nice platform to listen to. A big weapon to talk about sports. That should be this subtitle. <laughs> the weapon of sports. No, I'm not going to use that title because it's garbage, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, one of my favorite platforms, too, is Tri-State Football, and they do a great job covering Cincinnati sports, and they have a deal with Fox Sports 1360 and ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Now, granted, I can't get those stations half the time, especially by the road I live on because the power lines kind of cut in and out, and we get 1410 mixed in, so, you know, there's that. So, 104's purpose now is to celebrate the people that are still bringing sports to you, the listener. The original 104 was mainly talking about why why is the coverage gotten so down? It was more negative, and I think that's why I decided just to scrap it. And say, you know what? We're going to make it something else. I mean, you got college kids that at UD and Wright State they have a college station, and they're looking to become sportscasters or doing it for fun. I mean, really, there's no uh, right state I can cleanly say it. At UD, I can't because I never went to the University of Dayton. At Wright State, really, all you need to do was be a student. Some of the alums could have shows, but that changed right after I left. So, you know, that and it's a lot of gas to get back over there. I'd love to get back in that station. Especially all the changes WWSU has done. Looks really nice. Doesn't look like Stame Station. It is a little sad, too. They got rid of the big, giant CD racks that they had. That's that's all my music would come from on my show. And I miss that show. Although, the last few years, I, I got sad just because I didn't have a lot of listeners on online. FM, I, you can't tell. Not to get too deep into memories, because, you know, that's not what this podcast is for. Maybe one day I'll have a podcast talking about myself, but I really don't see anyone listening to that, so I never will. But there you go. So, next time you think there's no sports around here, look and investigate and find something. There are, because there are people that do a nice job around here, so... Thank you to all the people. Hopefully I can join your ranks and, you know, have a job doing it. And we'll take another quick breather. And now it's time for the local sports rundown with its own music today because I can. That theme's from freestockmusic.com, by the way. And we'll start off with USL League 2 action. The Dayton Dutch Lions drew in their last home match of 2019 by a 2-2 margin against the Flint City Bucks. The Dayton Dutch Lions got a 1-0 lead from Wright State's Jackson Dietrich, scoring the first goal in the 17th minute. And then former Wright State Raider Tristan Lyle made a 2-0 lead in the 81st minute, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head, 
trying to remember what that minute was. But then Flint City scores two goals in a span of four minutes to draw with Dayton at West Carrollton High School's Dayton Outpatient Center Stadium. 2-2 was the score. Again, Dietrich and Lyle scoring for Dayton. One game left of the year for Dayton, and they'll be at Flint City Bucks this Saturday. Your standings in the Great Lakes Division and the Central Conference look like this. We'll get to Cincinnati in just a second, but Chicago FC United, they were one of the first teams to clinch a playoff spot. 25 points in 12 games, 8-3-1, wins, losses, ties, or draws, rather. See, Google Standings calls it draws, and they flip it like, you know, Premier League records have. But USL League 2 website, it's wins, losses, and ties. But I'm going to call them draws because draws. Flint City in second place, tied with Cincinnati. Both teams 5-3-3 three, and three in 11 games. However, the... I was going to say, the goal differential is a little different. 19 goals for Flint City, 17 against. 15 goals for Cincinnati, 13 against. So yes, both have a plus two. Both have 18 points. Flint City's got one home game left. It's against Dayton. And Dayton is 1-0 at Flint City. They had a game earlier in the year, 1-2-1. And Cincinnati will be at West Virginia this upcoming Saturday. Dayton in fourth place, just two points back of Flint City and Cincinnati. Dayton is still in it, although they do need a lot of bounces their way. Dayton needs to pick up the win at Flint City, and then Cincinnati has to lose. Actually, yeah, lose, because Cincinnati would have the tiebreaker over Dayton because Cincinnati took the series two wins and one loss. And West Virginia in fifth place, two points in 11 games, no wins, nine losses, and two draws. One of them was against Cincinnati, the best goal differential in the Central Conference's Great Lakes Divisions, Chicago SC United at plus 18. The worst is West Virginia Alliance at negative 21. Tough year for West Virginia. They're formerly the Chaos. I did like their badge, the Chaos. It was like a big tornado on a soccer badge. Lions badge is smooth, and it's more pristine, if you will. But there you go. So... Two teams get in the playoffs in the Great Lakes Division. Like I mentioned, Dayton has a shot, but they need to win at Flint, and they need Cincinnati to lose at West Virginia because one point would give Cincinnati 19, and the tiebreaker would go to Cincy because they have the better record against Dayton. The Cincinnati Dutch Lions on the other side, like I mentioned, 5-3-3. Three, and three. They lost the derby match at Dayton. A 2-0 Dayton win. And they have a really good shot. Now, the tiebreaker between Flint City and Cincinnati. Let's take a good look at that first. Because if Flint City and Cincinnati win, that's three more points, and that's still 21. There are tiebreakers listed at the bottom of the page here, USL League 2's website. The first criteria is head-to-head record based on total points in league games. So, pretty much, how did Cincinnati do against the Flint City Bucks? If we can find it here, loading really quick. Don't you like when I do things on the fly just like this? It's outstanding, let me tell you. Pulling it on up. There is a 1-1 draw at Northern Kentucky. 
There is a 3-2 loss at Flint City. This is Cincinnati's schedule. And there's a 3-1 win at home against Flint City. So, 1-1-1. The goal differential. Total wins in league games. Well, (laughs) if Cincinnati and Flint win, that'd be the same record. Goal difference in league games. The game average will be used. If goal difference is league games... That would be, if they score the same amount of goals, then we go down to step four, goals scored in league games, and that would be going to Flint City because of the fact that they have two more goals than Cincinnati. Unless Cincinnati was able to clear that, but there you go. There's actually ten steps. If you get to ten, then it's a lottery conducted by USL League 2, which means it's pretty much a coin flip. Maybe they have one of those lottery machines. If you ever watch them pull like the balls and say, hey, this is your number. If it's on your ticket, you get some money that's taxed. If you ever see those things, or it was right before a cash explosion back when I was a kid, just like the big swooping things. There's probably technical terms I call it. I don't know. Does it look like I know anything? The nine step is FIFA Fair Play, and this is going in with... uh Yellow cards and red cards. The team with fewest disciplinary points in league games. If the number of games are unequal, points will be divided by games played. Blah, 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 blah. It's not going to go step nine, but they actually look at that. That's that's amazing. If you ever wonder why stats are important, there you go. FIFA Fair Play. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I never would have thought of that being a tiebreaker. That's awesome. So... There's a good shot for Cincinnati. There is still a shot for Dayton. There is a good shot for Flint. Flint's got to protect home turf. And actually, Atwood Stadium is gorgeous now. They put in that new turf field. It's a classic venue. It's a classic football field. I mean, that's I think that's where Flint High Schools play football there. Michigan Flint, well, they had a club football team taking on Wright State. That's where they played, Atwood Stadium. They really have done a nice job touching up the place. So there you go. We are heading into the last game of USL League 2 regular season play. Still a shot for Dayton, better shot for Cincinnati or Flint. And you can hear about what happened on Saturday next week on episode 105. And now we move along to more soccer. This is the... Women's Professional Soccer League, WPSL, because I don't believe I've actually covered this yet. The season is over. Like I mentioned, it's 10 games, 5 at home, 5 away. And it's just, you blink and it's gone. I was going to actually carry on since I'm still talking Dayton Dutch Lions, but why is soccer season in the summer just, you blink and it's gone? Why, why, why? I'm, I'm whining. I'm sorry. That's not entertaining podcasting. I'm sorry. So now we go to the Ohio Valley Conference in the East Region of the WPSL. And representing the Ohio Valley Conference, going a very sharp nine win, one draw season, Motor City FC out of Detroit. That's 28 total points out of a possible 30. 50 goals scored, three allowed. And the plus-minus ratio is a little bit weird because it says plus 34. But my math will tell you that's plus 47. 
Why is it plus 34? That's weird. It's off on Cleveland, too, who finished in second place. The Ambassadors did. Seven wins, two losses, and a draw for Cleveland. 34 goals scored, 10 allowed. Cincinnati is the third-place finisher. Five wins, four losses, and a draw for the Sirens. 16 points. A goal differential of negative four. Not negative three. I know my numbers. Fourth-place finish for the Columbus Eagles FC. 3-5-2. and two. The Ann Arbor FC Lumberjills finished in fifth place, 2-8. and eight. And the Dayton Dutch Lions in sixth place, 1-8-1, and one, a goal differential of negative 30. Just all of these are wrong. Actually, Columbus isn't. It's negative 2. Why are all of them off? That's not important. But I, I have to thank Corey Weisenhunt for letting me become the PA announcer this year for Dayton Dutch Lions soccer. It was great coming back. And... It's great having an announcing gig this summer. It's great to see so many familiar faces. Like I mentioned, Chad Hollingsworth, last home match, he was a ball chaser since there weren't a lot of people. Thank Brian Rouse, who was my right-hand man and statistician, kept me honest throughout the whole thing. It was really nice to have someone to help. And it was very nice to have a boss that, you know, you know, believed in me. What's weird is I've covered Corey Weisenhut in several soccer teams. He was part of the Dayton Dynamo for a little bit. Uh, Dayton Dutch Lions, I believe, he suited up. He's part of the Cincinnati Swerve, which is the indoor soccer team. Plays at Fairfield. (laughs) I've gotten to announce him before, but now I'm announcing for him. He's done a very nice job as well. We, the last two home matches, the crowd's been outstanding. I mean, the Dayton-Cincinnati one reached out to West Carrollton's youth soccer team and they were there. That was really cool to see. And Middletown Eclipse were there twice, once. I know there was a Dark County team. And it starts with a C. Crashers, Clippers. I'm sorry, I forgot. But there was one from Greenville, so that was cool. He did a really nice job. So definitely give him a nice, currency word. And thank you, Corey, for the job. Can't wait for 2020. I know there's a lot of sports between now and then, but, you know. I I like my sports. What can I say? Anyway, Motor City will be the lone team in the Ohio Valley going to the playoffs. And speaking of playoffs, there is a team in Dayton that's going to them. And it's the Gem City Roller Derby. Congrats go out to Gem City. They are part of the 2019 WFTDA, that's Women's Flat Track Derby Association, Continental Cup, North America East Bracket. Everyone will be heading to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's not Lancaster, it's Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's the English way of saying it. And that will be August 23rd through the 25th at Nuke Sports. That's the ultimate destination for sports, entertainment, and events. Located in PA, we are the largest indoor sports complex in the country. Ooh, 14 acres under one roof. That's a big roof. Heck, my parents' property is like six acres and 14. That's a lot of sport. But that's really cool, too. Anyway, Gem City Roller Derby will be taking on Columbia Roller Derby. I assume that's Columbia, South Carolina. And the winner of that will take on the number two seed Boston Roller Derby. 
And something I see a lot from Gem City Roller Derby is they want to get to the playoffs. What's neat about Roller Derby is the fact that these aren't paid athletes. They have jobs outside this. They're they're belting. I don't want to say playing because, you know, it's it's not. It's bowling. If you ever seen roller derby, that's a tough sport. One, you gotta skate, not on ice, but you know, you gotta roller skate. And two, you get you get some bumps and bruises. I, I'm sad that this year I missed out on getting a chance to announce about with the big ragu. And the big ragu does a nice job announcing, so there's another shout out. This is this has become the shout out episode, which I'm fine with, but there you go. Like I mentioned, these athletes don't get paid, but they're athletes. They're athletes. And this organization's been around at least since 2006. It's one of the older organizations around here. You know, excluding the Dragons. Dutch Lions didn't get started until 2009? 2008? I say that, and I'm trying to remember if that's the case or not, but there you go. It's really cool. And I... uh, (laughs) If you ever go to a roller derby match, the names that these athletes think up are hilarious. There's one that's retweeted on GC Roller Girls on Twitter. Scarlet O'Hurtya. And actually, funny story, I thought of a roller derby name. Not because I'm going roller derby. No. (laughs) Let me tell you. You think I play sports? (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, I don't. (laughs) That's the end of that. But there's a men's team in Cincinnati as well. Going back, I picked a roller derby name because I wanted to get in the spirit of it. You know my name, Lee W. Mallon. I say it after every podcast episode. I picked Loudmouth O'Fallon. Loudmouth because, A, it starts with L, and I am a loudmouth. Actually, you really have to know me to become a loudmouth because, to the public eye, I'm probably the quietest person to know. Maybe. Probably not. O, Fallon. O is kind of like the play on my middle initial, because I use it. And Fallon kind of rhymes with Malin. So, there you go. That's the history of my name. I'm so... I bet that you're so excited that I shared that with you. So, there you go. It's really cool. Once they do recreational season, which is... You know, they split up to three teams and they bout each other. I recommend going to see them. Cincinnati, the Roller Girls, and the Battering Rams. I think the Battering Rams are still a thing. They're at the Schmidt Fieldhouse on the campus of Xavier University. The Gem City Roller Girls, or the Roller Girls, yeah. Because they changed the logo a little bit. I think it's Gem City Roller Derby. I apologize. But... Go out to the Orbit Fun Center in Huber Heights. I think it's right off 201. Catch these athletes. Like I mentioned, there's no pay. None. And everyone that works there is volunteer. They do it because they love each other. They love the sport. And they love bringing the people a good product. Something I really need to cover, but it's always... Lately, I've been going without a script, and that's been biting me in the butt most times, but there you go. So, congrats go out to the Gem City Roller Girls, Rock Lancaster.
And now we move from the rink to the diamond. We'll talk about Dragons and Reds, and then we'll go back to FC Cincinnati, and then the crew, then the Columbus Destroyers. That is probably an awful bounce around because I'm going back to soccer. I probably should have finished up when I was talking with the Dutch Lions, but I didn't. So there you go. The Dayton Dragons. A couple call-ups recently. In fact, the closer, Connor Bennett, is now a Tortuga. That's Advanced A Daytona. It's advanced because there's an A at the end of Dayton. I love that. I don't know if it was planned, but it's something I loved. But I do love the Tortugas. That's a cool name. It's Spanish word for turtle, I think. Or it could be, you know, a variety of turtle. I don't know. Anyway, the Dragons tonight are finishing up a three-game set against the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, which is a single-A affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. What's exciting about Dayton v. Wisconsin, West versus East, you play each other once. That's it. There are four teams from the West that go to an East Division place and vice versa. And that happens twice a year where the West meets the East and the East meets the West. I think the West leads by a small margin in interleague play in the Midwest League, but there you go. Last night, the Timber Rattlers pitched quite well. Lazard pitched five strong innings, struck out seven. Just one walk issued by Wisconsin pitching. Zero walks by Dragons pitching. In fact, the newest Dayton Dragon and Clay Schmidt, who is a former West Michigan Whitecap, threw three scoreless innings and struck out five in those three. Gave up two to three hits, but still, not bad. Now, if you're wondering why Schmidt was a former West Michigan Whitecap, that's been two seasons ago. That's the single-A affiliate of the Detroit Tigers. Schmidt was cut recently, by recently I mean a couple weeks ago, by the Detroit Tigers. He was with Lakeland, which is the fans of Detroit, and then Cincinnati picked him up. Sent him to Daytona. Didn't fare so well there in a couple appearances, so he got sent down to Dayton. Also, former Ohio State Buckeye and Connor Curlis, a left-handed starting pitcher, has made the jump to Daytona as well. So congrats go out to those call-ups. Dayton is 37-53 and overall, but more importantly in the second half, 8-12. and I mentioned I still feel like this team can make the playoffs, but you really need a solid push right now. Now You can't wait. you got to go now. Because Bowling Green has just rolled to the top of the Eastern standings. We'll get to the standings in a little bit. But these are the press notes. You can find them on Dayton Dragons' website. Tom Nichols does this, and I really like it. And I like reading it. A big note, too. Ricky Salinas, a right-handed starting pitcher, is the Cincinnati Reds Minor League Pitcher of the Month for June. I tell you, this guy... Five games started, two wins, no losses, an ERA of 1.03. ERA is earned run average, meaning the runs scored if the team bats and works off the pitcher, that's earned. Now, if the team on defense screws up a bunch, like commits a bunch of errors, then that is not earned. That's not on the pitcher. I- I'm sure there's baseball fans on there like, why did you just explain that? We know, but there you go. I did. ERA, 26 and a third innings. Giving up 17 hits, four unearned runs, or four runs, one unearned run, three earned runs. 
Walked seven, struck out 22, and opponents batted 181 against him in the month. And over his last seven starts, three wins, no losses, a 1.69 ERA. Did not get a decision in his last start, as that was a very nice four-run comeback in the bottom of the ninth with two outs to take that last game from South Bend. So currently, the Dragons, two wins in the homestand, three losses. They did lose that first series to South Bend. And tomorrow, the Beloit Snappers, also out of Wisconsin, they're the single-A affiliate of the Oakland Athletics. They'll be coming into town for three. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday afternoon's matches will be on Dayton CW, which if you... You know, it was easier when we had analog TV still. Uh, 26... 13, find it on your local cable package if you're in Dayton. There you go. You can watch it. What I like about Beloit is the fact that they had these really cool beach blanket jerseys. It was dark navy, the middle part, uh, two yellow lines in the middle. It was forest green and the snapper's word mark in there. I thought that was really cool. I don't know if they still have those jerseys. We'll find out. They also have plain away jerseys, too. It seems like the West Division is like the old-time baseball, and the East Division is like big stadiums, big video boards, big horns. I worked for, I've been with the Dragons for nine seasons, and that horn gets louder every game. Anyway, also, a little... A little irking of mine. I mentioned Wisconsin's the single-A affiliate of Milwaukee. Does it bother anyone else that it's Wisconsin, like the state of Wisconsin, and they're the minor league affiliates of a city in Wisconsin? I don't know. In case you're wondering where the Timber Rattlers are from, they're from Appleton. And the closest city they're in, or they're by, is Green Bay. They're farther up north than Beloit. Beloit's kind of towards the border of Illinois. But uh, I, I, I didn't realize where Appleton was, so I looked it up yesterday. It's like, oh, there's Appleton. Looks like a pretty nice field, too. They draw decently. Beloit on the other side, they're last in the Midwest League in attendance. It's Beloit and Burlington, and they struggle to get over a 1,000 per game on average. But there you go. Beloit snappers. They're coming in tomorrow. Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, the rubber match is tonight, Friday, July 12th. So definitely catch it on TV. If you want to listen on radio, it's 980 AM or WNE.com if you like the internet. Or iHeartMedia if you like apps, which I'm sure you like apps. Do you like apps? There's this app called PodCoin. You can get paid to listen to this podcast. It's pretty cool. You should check it out, and it's free. So there you go. And now we move on to the Cincinnati Reds. It's all-star break, so there's not a lot to talk about. But I will say Luis Castillo, a perfect inning, two strikeouts, three batters faced. It's really cool the all-star game was in Cleveland. Cleveland's field is beautiful. It's still Jacob's field to most people, but it's a progressive field. I've been there a couple times. It's not bad. It's nice. And... When you're in the evening hours, you get that nice breeze from the lake. It's it's really nice. So if you ever go to Cleveland, definitely check out Progressive. Not the insurance company, the field. But there you go. And now, the season starts up again. Cincinnati will be at Colorado. 
And since they're in the Rocky Mountains, that means I'll actually be able to listen to the game on my way home tonight from Dragon's Game, which I like. And now we move on to the standings. We'll start with the Dayton Dragons first, because I did promise I'd bring them up. Like I mentioned, Bowling Green, 14-6. and six. It's always amazing how Tampa Bay's farm system runs. It's like a well-oiled machine. It's funny because of the hot rods and cars are machines. Get it? Room, room. 14-6 and six to lead the East. They're followed by Lake County, who can't double clinch. That's not a thing in the Midwest League. They're already in the playoffs. They're 11-9. They are tied with two other teams, Lansing and South Bend, who can get in the playoffs. The Lugnuts, part of the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Cubs, part of Chicago's NL squad, they're 11-9 and currently three games back at first place Bowling Green. That will be interesting because they've been neck and neck so far. Great Lakes, they have clinched the first half cleanly. They're 10 and 10. They're going to the playoffs no matter what they do this half. They can go 0 and 70 and they'll still have a chance to win the Midwest League. They did a couple years back actually against Clinton. Trying to think what season that was. Was it 2017? I don't know. Dayton is tied with West Michigan for sixth place at eight and twelve. Both elimination numbers for the Dragons of Whitecaps stand at forty-eight. Dayton's five and six at home this year in the second half, but three and six on the road. That was something that kind of bit the Dragons in the butt in the first half. Road record was not good. And currently three games under five hundred. Five and five in the last ten for the Dragons. And 7-11 in Eastern Division play. Remember, it's East versus West for a week or so. And then in 8th place, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps of San Diego. They're 6-14. A quick read down in the West. Clinton and Kane County. They are battling each other for top. And a Dayton connection as Peyton Burdick has made the jump to single-A Clinton. I made a tweet saying, I made a tweet, I tweeted, yeah, both work, but I made a tweet. <laughs> it just sounds weird. Anyway, Peyton Burdick made the jump to single A with the Lumber Kings, and I made a tweet saying that it'd be great if we could play and host Clinton again, because, you know, Peyton Burdick was a great Wright State Raider. Now he's a great Lumber King. He's batting close to 300. He's doing quite well, and the Lumber Kings are too. Nine and two in Clinton, Iowa. Five and four away, and fourteen and six overall. Winners of four in a row. If you think that's the longest winning streak in the Midwest League, you'd be wrong by a game. Kane County just one game back. They also have former Wright State Raider and Ryan Weiss. They're thirteen and seven. The Cougars, the affiliates of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Cedar Rapids, they're already in the playoffs, but the Cardinals are 12-8. and eight, Two games back of Clinton, one back of Kane County, but they can't clinch a wildcard spot. The team that can, Wisconsin, they're two back of first and one back of the wildcard at 12-8. and eight. Quad Cities, they locked up the first half. They're 11-8 and eight to start off the second half. Burlington, they have a five-game winning streak. That's the longest. And 9-11 and 11 so far for the Bees. They're part of the Angels farm system. And yes, there are two teams in the Angels farm system that are bees. Burlington, Iowa, Salt Lake City, Utah. The more you know. Beloit, the team coming in, 
They have racked off three wins in a row. They fell to three and 13, but they have won three straight, the Snappers have. Again, affiliates of the Oakland A's. And in last place, in eighth place in the Western Division, the St. Louis Cardinal affiliate Peoria Chiefs. They are three and 17. They have yet to win on the road this second half and three and eight in Peoria, Illinois. A little bit of a rough stretch there for the Chiefs. Now, how about some Major League standings? That sounds good. In the Central, the Reds are in fifth place. They are still in last place in the NL Central by four and a half games. 41-46, find the Reds as we're ready to start up the second half tonight. Again, Reds are at Colorado. The Reds are 24-21 and at home, 17-25 away, and five games away from 500. The Chicago Cubs are in first place, 47-43 is Chicago. They are trailed by Milwaukee, 47-44, half game back for the Brew Crew. St. Louis, 44-44, right in the middle. Pittsburgh, one loss away from St. Louis, 44-45 are the Pirates, who seem to caught fire as of late. And then there are the Reds. Now, the big topic around here when we're talking Cincinnati baseball is, are the Reds buyers or sellers? Buy! You have to buy. I mean, look how close that NL Central is. You look at the other last place teams, that's double digits. I mean, Miami in the East, 19 and a half out. In the West, San Francisco, 17 and a half out. And that's a, that's a bummer way to send out Bruce Bochy and his last year with the Giants. Baltimore, 23 and a half out. Detroit, 20 and a half out. But why is Kansas City on top? Oh wait, I'm reading the games back. But wait, why is Kansas City, if they're 27 back of first place Minnesota, why is Detroit behind them? Oh, winning percentage. Thank you. That totally helps. <sighs> Makes me look like an idiot. Or sound like an idiot. And Seattle, 19 and a half back. Reds are four and a half back. They can make a run. But the big thing is consistency. They have to be able to keep up this run. In Colorado, that's that's a tough place to play. I mean, the altitude and the, and the Rockies themselves. Well, they are in fourth place in the West at 44-45. You can't overlook any series. You just can't. I like the Reds' chances. I like to see if the Reds can make a big playoff push. I mean, some assets might have to go. I know the Reds aren't going to trade Trammell. That's, I'm pretty sure that's ironclad. I know what I'm talking about there. I don't think Siri will be traded as well unless it's a big haul. Pitching-wise, it's it's been decent. I mean, Sonny Gray, who was also an all-star but didn't get in the game, he's been pretty good as of late. DiScofani's been inconsistent. Castillo, <laughs> that guy's a stud. Roark hasn't been bad. I mean, the pitching has been all right. The only problem is with Amir Garrett on the IL, there's no left-handers in the bullpen. Reds recently sent Zach Duke on assignment. And I believe he got cut recently with Herget coming up to the big league club. I think the Reds can do it. And I really hope to see the Reds make that playoff push in Marty Brenneman's last year. I don't know how next year's going to go listening to the games because I like Jeff Brantley. And I really like listening to Marty Brenneman. 
It's going to be sad next year. In case you're wondering who's leading the other divisions, well, that's the New York Yankees. They're up 6.5 over Tampa Bay. 57-31 are the Yankee crew. Hard to believe that the AL New York squad has so many on the IL, but yet still managed to roll along like a tank. In the AL Central, it's Minnesota. They're 5.5 up on Cleveland. Twins are 56-33. The Indians are making a really good roll. Nice two-game sweep of the Reds in Cincy by the Tribe at 50-38. and 38. Houston leads the AL West by seven games over the Oakland Athletics. The Athletics seem to be catching fire as well. I like. I do like the Athletics. It's not just because they have a gold jersey. Or that Kelly, Kelly Green color. That's a nice jersey. In the NL East, it's Atlanta by six over Washington and six and a half over Bryce Harper and a $300 million overrated contract. Ugh. I'm sorry. I promised I wouldn't let that slip out. But yeah, Atlanta's leading the East at 54-37. Mentioned the Cubs in the Central. In the West, it is the LA Dodgers, 60-32, and 13 and a half up on Arizona and 14 up on San Diego. Wow. But then again, when the playoffs come, it's a different animal. Will the Dodgers still be dominant? We'll see. We will see. And to close out episode 104, can't believe it's been over an hour, but there you go. Things happen. MOS standings. The FC Cincinnati squad picked up their first win in a while. They defeated Houston Dynamo at home 3-2. to Got off to a 3-0 lead, and things started to look really shaky. But you know what? FC Cincinnati pulled through, and I'm proud of them. The record for FC Cincinnati, that's four wins, 13 losses, two draws, and 19 matches. They have 14 points, and they're three away from not last place of the Columbus crew. 17 points for Columbus, five wins, 13 losses, two draws for the Central Ohio squad. Like I mentioned, it has been a tough year for Ohio MLS squads. FC Cincinnati, I believe their stadium is still gearing along. I asked someone if they knew about Stargell 2 opening up. I mean, that was the promise. The new Stargell Stadium would be up for the 2019 football season. Haven't heard a peep about it. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. Maybe I haven't seen it. Who knows? The crew, there's some good news as... Columbus City Council did vote to approve the new crew stadium in the arena district and that that pumps me up and I really love hearing that because if that's the same location I'm thinking of that's right off 670 that's a major cut through you go a little north of downtown Columbus with 670 you go to the airport or Gahanna or you know away from 70 but that's visibility right there. You get off to the Arena District 670. Well, I do when I'm there, which hasn't been for a while. So, I, I I dig it. And I'm really, really looking forward to the fact that that is looking to be more of a thing. And now we'll get to the Columbus Destroyers. I'm really, really happy the Destroyers are back. But it's been a rough year. It's been a very rough year as Columbus has one win and two games left to go. So that'd be one and nine record. 
They will be at home for one last time for 2019, July 14th. It'll be against the Albany Empire. They have those sharp orange jerseys. At least that's what the timeline had. And that'll be on WSYX 6.2 and local TV. I Meaning if you're in Cincinnati and Dayton, go to Columbus, find a TV, and then put on 6.2. There you go. It's also on radio, and you can listen to it online. I have done so, and it's been nice. But two games left. A tough, tough year for Columbus. The only way to go is up. Recently, I saw the other expansion team this year, Atlantic City and the Blackjacks. You know, gambling. They said that they're coming back next year. And I really hope the Destroyers do too. I hope that the rough season doesn't really push people away. I mean, indoor football, that's a sport. That's a great sport. I remember calling the two years with Dayton Sharks and just, you can get hit on the boards and just, it's, it's great. It's football and it's indoors and it's halved because, you know, you, your midline's 25, not the 50. But there you go. I haven't been able to get to a Destroyers game, work schedule. You know, what can you do? Uh, well, work, but there you go. Hopefully next year I get to see a Destroyers game with my own two eyes. Instead of my own four, because I have an extra pair. What? Anyway, like I mentioned, last home game. And according to AFL Destroyers on Twitter... There will be a tailgate, a fan appreciation tailgate, starting at 1 outside Nationwide Arena. You can enjoy concessions and some live music, and you possibly might be able to get a hold of those few rally towels a little early, smirky face by the Destroyers. I, like I mentioned, if I didn't have to work, I'd probably try to go out there. It's open to the public. It's the Front Street Plaza Nationwide Arena. I recommend seeing indoor football at least once in your lifetime it is a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to call too it'd be nice if Dayton got another team but we'll see how it goes and that wraps up the local sports review as I don't know what to call that segment and that will close out episode 104 it's been nice to talk to you again I like doing this podcast it's nice to see the numbers go up I gotta thank Podcoin for putting this podcast back as a bonus meaning it's more accessible more you know it pops out at people stats have been pretty nice so it's really nice to see nice anyway well I thank everyone that put in questions for Malin's mailbag and their patience as I did not expect it to take this long but there you go 105 well You'll have to wait next week for it. Until then, this is Lee W. Mowen, and here is the new closing that I made the other day. Hope you enjoy it, and we'll talk to you again next week. Get those questions in for Mowen's Mailbag. for listening to another episode of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Closing theme is Leveled Up by Bad Snacks from YouTube via royalty-free music, no copyright music group. 
visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, CastBox, Anchor, and more. Follow along on Twitter at GemOnQueenCrown and at the Lee W. Mowen, and on Facebook by liking the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast page, and become a member of the Facebook group, Fans of the Local Sunday Sports Podcast. Once again, thank you for listening. This is Lee W. Mowen saying goodbye, and please join us again for another new episode of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. <laughs>